When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, rugby fans. It's another week. It's another rugby rant. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara, with Rob the Hammer, Hammer Schmidt. We're glad you're here with us. Um, and before we get into today's episode, we're just going to talk real quick about one of our sponsors. And you guys know it. You guys love it. It's Manscaped. You know, the big guy knows what's up. You worked all day. You hit the gym for that sick pump. You're putting up some serious weight on that squat rack, baby. You know, we, we, we had a lot of our buddies here are, are gym rats. We love it. Uh, when you get home, your significant other is giving you that eye like... We're going to do this tonight, baby. Um, the big guy doesn't waste any time with a shower. He dips right into his Manscaped ball wipes. Get your boys squeaky clean quick with the Manscaped ball wipes. Um, go to manscaped.com. Use the code RUGBYRANT to get 20% off your entire purchase and free shipping. Again, that's the code RUGBYRANT. Go to manscaped.com. 20% off your entire purchase for, plus free shipping. Your balls will thank you. Um we got we got, we got a hot episode, baby. You know, I'm going to say let's get hot right now because I, I'm, I'm hosting now with Ty out, so I don't get to use my catchphrase that often. But uh, we got the boys from Rugby Index. Yeah, we got the boys from Rugby Index. Uh, Rugby Index, if you don't know, is a leading digital platform for player tracking, marketing, wow. and uh, market value in team rosters. And we have Cam and Walker Tice. Guys, welcome to the show. Appreciate you guys being on. Uh, we talk online often. Uh, it, it's great. Uh, I, I love getting to know guys like, like Cam and Walker who just obviously love rugby, but can get in depth with some stats and drop some knowledge. Um, so we're actually going to get right into the first topic here. So the first topic that was chosen by the fans was the changes to the world, uh, the rugby world cup qualifiers for North and South America. Now, as many of you know, uh, it, it was previously based on the ARCs, um, and, as we as we saw with the last rugby world cup um you know it, it it kind of favors the north american teams as far as the way it was set up um you know that's the way it was set up and now we've changed it i, I feel there's a little more parity in the way they're going now what they're doing is for the north american teams there will be a home and home series usa versus canada to figure out who's ranked number 1 and number 2 then you're going to have a um series in south america to figure out the south american one or two from there we go to a match with North American one versus South America one. The winner of that claims the first spot, right? For our, for our, our, our seats in the World Cup. North America two plays South America two. The winner of that plays the loser of the number one teams. So that third match is going to be what decides the second slot in the rugby World Cup, right? So if it's, uh, if, uh, for example, if South America wins the first one, they get the number one slot. Um, rugby, um, excuse me, uh, North America one goes down to the next bracket. Then North America two and South America two play. South America two wins. They still have to play North America one to get in. Then you have the reparage matches and, and so on and so forth. Rob is putting a nice graphic on the screen right now uh, over our faces. Um, it's it's not as confusing as you would think or as we made it sound. Um, I, I do believe it brings some parity. But, it's you know, a whole lot freaking confusing as much as it sounds. I mean, it took me like hours to freaking figure out, okay, how does this go again and, and make the graphic? It was, uh, I got a headache, quite frankly. See, this I'm is all- Rob's Zapruder film. I think this was like, <laughs> yeah. How, how could this back happen? into the left? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back into the left. Um, but for those of you who haven't seen the rant before, what happens is I'm going to give each of these guys two minutes to rant about the topic. Um, if they go over their topic, Rob, what do they get? The cheese. 
they get the cheese. They'll get a yellow card. They get some points deducted. Um, and if they get a second yellow card, they do get a red, and we silence them for the next uh, topic. So, gentlemen, those are the rules. I am and Cam a- has to take off his red shirt and wave it around. <laughs> exactly. Like first you know, some viewership on that one, so I don't know if that's best. <laughs> um, I am. I am definitely a harsher referee than Ty Braga ever was. Um, <laughs> you know, so just be ready for it, guys. So right oh, now, I'm going to hand it to Walker. <laughs> Walker, your time starts now, buddy. Yeah. Look, I mean, uh, first of all, I can get long winded, so I'm in trouble. Uh, but but the short of it is. Um, for, for USA and Canada, I think it's tough. You could potentially play each other, obviously, back-to-back, home and away, and then you dive into one of those teams going down to playing South or the South America team. Um, and, and presumably, if one of those two teams then, then loses to uh, Uruguay, which I believe is the team to come out of South America, I would be surprised if it's not. Um, but you could potentially have those two teams playing three times to qualify for a, a competition for a world cup competition. Is that really the best way to go about it? I don't know. Um, personally, I think that some inclusion of the oceanic into North and South America ultimately would, would bring a little bit more uh, competition, a little bit more um, just variety to, to the, to the group. Um, I mean, Argentina, by and large, dominates North and South America. There's no question about that. Um, Uruguay, USA, and kind of Canada, they've fallen off maybe just a little bit as of late. Um, and and so, um, yeah, I, I just, I think it's, it's um, in the world that we are in right now, it's it's maybe the most simplistic and, and easy to organize. Um you know, out of North America, nobody else is going to compete in, into the Caribbean or, or what have you, um, or, or, or Central America, uh, whether they go to South or North America. So, um, you know, that's that's sort of my two cents. And, and um, I, I would like to see inclusion of, of more teams to have a bigger pool. But but in 2020, we got to we got to do what we got to do well and beyond. So you, you speak about the Caribbean teams and, and the Central American teams, and we just know that they don't have the, the firepower there. Um, and, and even, you know, rugby Mexico, they don't, they just don't have it. You know, it's, it's one of those things where unfortunately USA and, and team Canada are just going to kind of win those matches every time. So it's unfortunate that they don't have the slots. Um, I do personally, I'd love to see some type of something to get them involved. Um, on the on the North American side, even if it's you know a a even if you know that they're going to go in and lose. Um, so my question to you is: Do you think it's worth it? Maybe not necessarily in this upcoming World Cup, but maybe twenty thirty one to have a smaller tournament and give North America another seed. I think you start before that. I think you start with test matches. I mean, look, USA hosts New Zealand, and and we got thumped in, in Chicago at Soldier Field. So. Um, is, is, is that a good or bad thing? I, I think ultimately it's a good thing because you, you, you very much so understand the benchmark that you need to meet. And, and Mexico is not going to get any better not playing us or Canada or playing the South American teams. And, and so, and just the same way Brazil did. Brazil was, was really not very good, um, you know, five, maybe even a decade ago. And, and now they're, they're relatively competitive. They, Shoot, they gave uh, USA uh, and some other teams a scare and some real games and previously in the ARC. So um, it doesn't happen overnight, no, but I think you got to start somewhere. And we, if we want that parity, um, you've got to start the inclusion. Absolutely. And, the, you know, that, that old saying, iron sharpens iron, really, it does go into test match international rugby. Those are great points, Walker. Thanks. Um, so we're going to move it over to Cam. Cam, you have your two minutes. Yeah, I, I think I kind of Walker hit the nail on, or hit the head or the nail with the hammer. They're they're in the release of the World Rugby or the Rugby World Cup release. They praised teams like Japan, Fiji, uh, Uruguay, and Tonga and Georgia for their you know their not necessarily upsets, but they they close the gap with the tier one nations. And in some cases, in Japan's case, they upset some tier one nations and surprised just about all of us. 
and then they turn around and make it that much more difficult for these challenger tier two, maybe even tier three teams to get in. When we're talking about Brazil, Paraguay, uh, Chile, they're playing a three team or four team round robin. They then have to go play the Americas two, and then they have to play another top tier tiering tier one Americas team. They're not going to make it. There's, there's going to be no parity. And in a time where, you know, we, we should be seeing the most parity because teams aren't playing. And, I mean, we're seeing it right now with the Autumn Nations. Teams aren't playing, and the ones that are don't look very good. So why not give the the challenger teams, the teams that are emerging, a kind of give them their shot? I just don't think it's really there. And with this format, it's, it's only handcuffing them more. Well, and, and I think that's a challenge World Rugby has, and, and you know, you see it. If anybody has seen the Oceans Apart documentary, um, they have World Rugby has issues from stupid things like not having a, a, a revenue share for teams. You know, like right. how how they don't ha- that that's a big thing not to have. Um, so I could just imagine this this being so low on their list that they're not even going to look at it. So my my question to you, Cam, would be um, if we went with the extra. Uh, South American slot and North American slot. Do you think that 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 it's more beneficial to 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 those teams to do it, or do you think you should stick with with maybe what Walker was saying and just keep giving them internet big international test matches first to to really bring them up? Uh, Long term, Walker's solution is probably more viable. Short term, if we're talking about this World Cup, I think uh, a format change. Not that it's going to happen. Not that it's possible at this point, but I think a format that would favor, you know, maybe have the the tier ones and twos, Argentina, USA, Canada, and I guess you probably throw Uruguay and that as well, have them play off with each other and then at least at least have these um, these three or four, you know, Colombia, or maybe not Colombia, they're probably not there yet, but Brazil, um, Paraguay and uh, Chile have them play off with each other and then just create a, a more realistic path for them to maybe, you know, they already got the work cut out trying to beat a Canada, at least give them a shot where they don't have to play four or five, you know, grueling test matches to get there. And I wonder if maybe that's part of the, the change to and having such a shortened bracket was because uh, South American teams have more teams to play versus the North American USA and Canada just having home and home. You know, maybe they thought we can't have those third slots because then that would extend, you know, out another week or two to have those extra matches. Um, and, and what does that do to that bracket? So I'm wondering if that's part of their thinking, too. But who knows? It's World Rugby. You know, they, they might just throw something on paper. Um, we're going <laughs> to throw it over to Rob. And uh, Rob, what do you got to say, buddy? So I actually like this bracket in this format. I like the change. And, and quite frankly, it comes back to uh, the theme of what Scott talks about all the time. And he mentioned it earlier, iron sharpens iron. I mean, let's look at it this way. If you're the loser or uh, of the uh, Canada-USA match, you really have to bust your nuts to get through that bracket and come out and qu- get the qualifier number two from the Americas, right? You really have to play a lot of matches and prove your mettle through the process. And that's ultimately, whether it's Canada or the United States, that's what they need. They need to play more matches. In fact, all these teams need to play more matches, right? Uh, that's how you get better. You play more matches. You get more on-field on speed, uh, experience. You get more decision-making in real-time experience. And and it, for the United States, quite frankly, getting into some of the – getting into that rapiage won't necessarily be a bad thing because it can blood some younger players and open up and expand their player pool. And I like that idea. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, giving more matches, giving more opportunities, we need that in the Americas. I mean, how many of New Zealand's played, what, four or five matches um, already uh, in this fall? And granted, we'll, they were not under the COVID restrictions, but they always get more matches because of, you know, their calendar and the way they set up. And the United States just needs to play more. Here's what I'm interested in seeing. I'm interested in seeing on December 14th, the draw. 
Um, and I'm really interested to see uh, the scheduling that comes out of World Cup 2023. Why? Because the United States got absolutely freaking hosed in Japan. Three days in between, the one match that they really targeted as a match they could have a competitive opportunity to win against Tonga, and they have to turn around and play it three days after they play Argentina. Absolute bullshit. And they had to travel set eight hours to do so, which is complete nonsense. Yeah, I'm a little angry about this one, but hey. I support my boys from the United States. People don't forget. For a reason, brother. What's that? Camera for a reason, brother. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I turned up my lamp today, that. boys. Yeah, he's, he's fired up, you know, and, and I do agree with you. We, we did get hosed on that schedule in 2019, but let bygones be bygones at this point. But I, I, do, I do also think that, you know, as Team USA, maybe we should be playing more international test matches outside of the United States. You know, we, we always seem to have these, you know, obviously big – going to Canada is in, in, and staying within our that, – that North American continental area is not necessarily traveling internationally. And as you see, sometimes when USA does travel for the Rugby World Cup or, or, or down south, you know, when, you know, when we were doing ARCs and everything, they weren't the best performers when they were traveling. So, Rob, my question to you is – Coming into hopefully a international test window coming into 2021, do you want? Do you think it makes sense for USA to schedule more out of the United States test matches? Hey, you you teed it up for me because that's exactly where I'm going to go. I'll talk about it in the next round too. The United States and its players really need to play in more difficult environments more often. Going out and playing South America, just ask soccer guys. Walker, you know this from being involved in soccer. It's a tough environment to play in South America. Whether you're playing in Mexico City, whether you're playing in Sao Paulo, wherever you're going, it's a tough environment to play in. It's unusual. And I'm sorry, when you raise your anxiety, right, during a game, if you do that consistently, you lower your, you actually make it easier to compete at a higher level whenever it comes around again and again and again. And I think that's important for the United States to do. They really got to put themselves to the test, put themselves under pressure to see what they got and know which guys fold under pressure and which guys shine. And and I th- I think you're right. And, and you talk about bleeding young players and how New Zealand gets to do that, one, with an expanded squad, and two, with such yeah. a large schedule playing test rugby. Um, and, and we don't – USA doesn't get that opportunity. And rugby Canada doesn't get that opportunity. So we need to – I think we need to start there. And, you know, USAR and, and Rugby Canada need to realize that we need to go out. You know, it's great that we sell out if we play the All Blacks in Chicago. It's great that we sell out Red Bull Arena when we play the Irish. Um, but we need to get out there. We need to put our name out there. If we really want to be the the rugby giants in the future, we have to play internationally, go out on the road, test our medal. Um, actually, so Walker's actually wearing a Fiji jersey. So, so Walker, do, do you think Rob's right in that that pattern? Yeah, no, I do, I, and, and I, I don't think we have to go far. I mean, look, we we traditionally uh, beat up on Brazil. Uh, Chile is usually a little bit more competitive depending on which squad we put out. Um, Uruguay is obviously uh, very competitive with us, and, and I would say we trade uh, for the most part back and forth with them, uh, a little bit less with Canada as of late, but but for the same part. But but to, to Rob's point, are those, depending on which squad we put out, is that really who we need to be testing our medal against? I don't think so. Um, and, you know, and, and you could, you could maybe make the argument that, um, it's it, the, the level of familiarity, the level of familiarity amplifies that, that anxiety that Rob talks about, but, but ultimately I would rather see us go to, or bring up a, a Tonga, Fiji, Samoa, um, go across the, the Pacific and, and go play in a, a rugby crazy Japan. Um, and, and, and hey, them. playing Tbilisi, Georgia for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a hot. Talk about a hot environment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and, and, yeah. And, and and I mean, we don't have to 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 go on tour to South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand and do this. This, I mean, we are coming out of bankruptcy, so let's let's maybe um, be you know feasible with this. But but I think we can host. And, and and quite frankly, let's let's test that status quo. We don't have to to lean on world rugby to say. You guys have to do a, a revenue share. Just just put in a revenue share. Now they get something out of it. Um, it improves everybody collectively. And, you know, we bring them up. We get a revenue share. Honestly, we probably get a better turnout since we host them. Um, 
I, I think we could even stay in our own backyard and host some pretty awesome countries and, and get still get that that amplified level of competition and anxiety that Rob talks about. Absolutely. And, and I, you're right. You know, we do have the temper expectations with the financial strain that USAR is under. But, you know, j- just talking in general, if, if we could do something, honestly, I could see us doing a, a tour of Europe a, a little bit. You know, you could hit a, Georgia. You could play in Italy. You could probably play France. Maybe, the, you know, France bleeding some of the younger players against us. You know, and you hit three test matches, let's say, within the month. And they're very, those those countries are very easy to get to when the borders are open. So I think, you know, we, we, we can do it and we could do it. We can take it to the Pacific. We could take it to Europe. And I think that's the way, the way it works. Now I, I just want to get, I got one more question for cam. Um, why the San Diego Jersey? <laughs> it was on sale. You're like me, man, a sucker for a sale. Yeah. I honestly, uh, I yeah. can't, I can't figure out where my allegiances lie. I've, at one point, Rob, I was a NOLA fan. I think year one, they really impressed me. I'm a big Cam Dolan fan, kind of just by the name. And I like a, a quick eight man off the back. Um, for a hot second, I, I really thought Rooney had it in year two. Um, I've kind of <laughs> lived in Diego and Toronto just because they've been the epitome of consistency since their inception. Yeah. Um, I kind of bounced around. don't really have a home, but do hey. I like Diego. Hey, Cam, I, I got a dirty little secret. I uh, The other day, I actually had a purchase from the rugby shop, our sponsor, and, uh, you know, they actually had a sale going on in some of their uh, uh, last year's merch, and they had the, the uh, murdered out Rooney shirt, which I've always admired because I thought it was pretty cool. So I picked one up. So that's, it's my guilty little secret there, my guilty little pleasure. And I'm making Scott happy. I have to make the big guy happy occasionally. The old, the old Rob wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's funny you know i think uh rob's getting getting uh so, some stuff is rubbing off on rob from our friend doug arena uh who is yeah. a super duper mlr uh merch head i mean yeah doug has everything from every team uh, i love the guy and I, lo- I love his zest you know nola's his team but i love his zest for representing mlr no matter what team it is yeah. um guys i thought that was i thought those were great points and honestly i don't think i can make a decision now on who won this round um, because you guys were were really you're really on point and Walker, I, I don't remember if it was Walker or Cam, but one of them said, "Be ready because we're dropping knowledge tonight." And you guys, really I, you know, I, I, I went I went deep in my research, man. I think I stayed up all night last night at a, a serious cram session, first time since I've been in college. Because I got to get a win here. I haven't had a win in a long time. I'm I'm like I'm dry, man. I'm like a, a hooker that's been on leave. <laughs> you have to remember too. The last thing you know, when Rob was in college, was was when the Spanish flu was out in nineteen eighty. So <laughs> you know that. that but, uh, it's true. It's true story. I'm about as old as that too. Yeah, electricity. Yeah, no, <laughs> freaking young guys. I'm hanging out with young guys. I got to change this shit around. Yeah, when he was around when Jesus was playing youth rugby. But uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that was a great segment, guys. And like I said, I think we're gonna have to wait. Uh, to to figure out who's winning this, you know, sometimes in in these in these rugby rants, we could figure out right away who's who's spitting hot fire, but everybody's frigging going a hundred a uh, hundred miles an hour. So uh, right now, before we get to the next uh, topic, we're going to take a break and hear from some sponsors. Hey, rugby fans, uh, it's the big guy, and we want to just talk about the rugbyshop.com. Um, our friends at the rugbyshop.com have just came out with rugby rant murdered out merch, specifically the hammer tee. Uh, Rob, tell us about a little bit about the hammer tee real quick. Oh, the hammer tee. Uh, so first of all, as you may or may not know that I love murdered out stuff. You know, the black and the gray I just picked up from the rugby shop on sale, twelve fifty. last year's Rooney murdered out uh, shirt. So I picked that up. It was a nice find. Uh, but they, they did one for the rugby rant. So they had the rugby rant logo. And then on the front, it says, uh, uh, happiness is a is a good ruck or is a warm ruck. Sorry, happiness is a warm ruck. And I'm looking at it going, yeah, I love that saying. That's about right for us forwards. We like a nice warm ruck. Always like to get down and dirty in there. And then I remember back to my playing days and and a photograph that was taken uh, of my back after getting raked during a game. And I've got my uh, son who's now he's about eight months old, but he he's now twenty. He's almost twenty one, and he's looking over the shoulder like with his big grin on his face, like Daddy got rucked. And uh, so I, I said to the boys at rugby shop, can you put this on a shirt? And they said, let's see what I can do. And that's the kind of stuff 
that the rugby shop can do, that kind of customization, that kind of one-off stuff. So they got the hammer shirt, has big rake marks on the back, and happiness is a warm ruck on the front, courtesy of the boys at the Rugby Ranch. And and you know what the, the the good thing about them doing the customization is it's almost springtime rugby season. Yeah. Things are going to open up. Knock on wood. And what do you guys need? You guys need your new kits. You guys need your new shorts. You need your customized socks. Pretty sure they can even customize mouth guards. The RugbyShop.com has everything your team needs, whether it's club rugby, whether it's 2020 MLR merch, which is still on sale, I believe, at a great sale price, or you can pre-order the new 2021 kits through the RugbyShop.com. Um, the big guy says pick a Rooney kit. Come on. Um, we just like to say thank you to the rugby shop for all they do for us. Uh, yeah. Selling our merch, doing this murdered out stuff. And uh, we, we generally appreciate it. Go to the rugby shop.com and, and make some purchases and help them out. So I add now bit, guy, hold on. I want to add one bit. You know, the nice thing about the rugby shop and the, and the custom kits you're talking about for your clubs, they are, they can do Adidas. They can do Canterbury. They have a bunch of different, uh, manufacturers they work with so they can really suit your needs and i think that's an advantage the rugby shop has over some of the other distributors absolutely they, and and they get you their stuff quick i mean we get our packages ridiculously quick when we get our stuff um so now we're back um we're going into the second topic that you fans have picked um and the topic was is slar courting the mexican rugby clubs to go into their organization in the, in the upcoming seasons um, and what what this discussion has been going on online about one the slar coming into their own. A lot of people want a MLR final, you know, MLR champion versus slar champion, and and that to be a a thing just to say you know who is the best on on the American continent. Um, and 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 what I'm what was going around was you know that there's a lot of rugby clubs in Mexico. Where is their talent going? Um, is is there a market for professional rugby, whether it's either pulling these guys into SLAR or having professional rugby teams out of Mexico go into SLAR. And um, I'm going to hand it over to Rob. Rob, what do you think? So first of all, I'd like to say, you know, um, I, th- I I really think Mexico should develop its rugby within itself and play within SLAR, maybe have a, a, a Toronto uh, Arrows type club, you know, playing out of Mexico City where they're drawing from, you know, 10, 15, 20 players from their, their national team player pool that are in this kind of mega club and play within SLAR and raise the standard, right? Encourage players to develop within Mexico. I mean, quite frankly, we have a pretty good rivalry. I don't know whether many people know this, pretty good rivalry with the U19 Mexican program. The, we, uh, the uh, USA Rugby South, my son represented them uh, last summer in uh, Barbados in the RAN tournament for U19s. And, um, you know, USA Rugby South played Mexico U19s in the final, really tight match, it was great, well run. And I think, uh, you know, building on that rivalry, building from there will really help raise the standard in Mexico. And quite frankly, my mantra is in the, in the whole hemisphere uh, in the Americas, you know, if we help one another raise the standards, uh, the standard overall of rugby in our hemisphere will get better, we'll be better at competing on a world stage. So I think it's really important um, that we help develop and encourage it and encourage uh, Mexico to develop their rugby teams and maybe go within a slar and then have that playoff kind of champions league tournament or something like that, along with some of the MLR teams. So my, my question to you is you were talking about maybe having, like you said, a centralized cent, uh, Mexico city team go and play in slar. Now, if you're going over to, to the uh, South African teams that just left super league and are going to go play up in, in Europe, you know, because the South African teams have been, have, they already have this this culture of going to, you know, uh, Australia and New Zealand to play, and then so going up to Europe for them is quite easy. Do you think it's going to be more difficult to have that centralized Mexican team go down and play those slar teams? Um, perhaps. I mean, I wouldn't even have a problem if there was a Mexican team that was courted by the MLR and developed the MLR. It's probably actually easier for a Mexico City team to play in the MLR like Toronto does uh, than it is to go the the other way. But uh, regardless, either way it goes, it, I think it's just imperative that they find a way for Mexico to develop its rugby for the betterment of America's rugby as a whole. Um, we, as again, as we raise the standard, we raise the standard together. That's why I think it's so important that Toronto and, and maybe Canada have a second team, perhaps in Vancouver in the future, because if they're better, the United States is better, 
If Mexico is better, the United States is better. It helps everything grow and become better in the hemisphere. Absolutely. And I think growing Mexican rugby, again, helps us, helps, again, that iron sharpened iron mentality. If, if right. we can play against the big boys and make us better, Mexico should be able to play us and make themselves better. Cam, what do you think about this proposed supposed move uh, to Slar for Mexican teams? I think once Slar, uh, the league formed, I think this race for Central America and specifically Mexico was pretty much inevitable. You kind of see it, you know, the North America versus South America and where does Central America, you know, where do the legions lie? Okay. Uh, geographically, like Rob said, it, it's much more feasible to be in the U.S. and North America, and that's where the big business and the big markets are. But you also have to kind of look at a perspective of culturally, it's a Spanish-speaking nation. Um, I would say culturally and ethnically, it's much more, you know, suitable for SLAR. And so it ultimately falls down, falls into what the players in Mexico and Central America want. And, and you know, eventually there will be clubs um, formed there. And I, I think that's, you know, something that both both leagues need to invest time and money into. It's not going to happen right now because both are just so young. But it, we will see a, a truly an essential arms race. Um, eventually, though, I do, th- do see the players coming to the U.S., for the sake of marketability, and this is this is kind of where the big bucks are going to be. I don't I don't think Slar is going to be quite there, um, just with the way their their national teams are set up, and there's not a lot of business backing. I think it's really going to come through the Canada and U.S. So that, that you know you're right as, as far as the business backing, and, and that's something I didn't even think about um, until you actually brought it up. Um, and here's a question for you. I'm wondering, you know, we have a lot of international guys come. They do meet the re- residency requirement in the United States, and obviously they become U.S. Eagles, and they, they have this skill set. Do you think it's worth USA Rugby to maybe look at Mexico and say, you know, pick some players and say, hey, you know, if you want to, to come to the States and play rugby in an Eagles program or try and set them up maybe in an MLR Academy program in hopes that they they get good enough to play on an Eagle squad or at least get a look to play on an Eagle squad. You think that we should kind of start picking some type of residency guys to bring over? Um, you know, if we were not coming out of bankruptcy, I'd say, yeah, let's, let's put some thought and effort into that venture right now. Uh, if we're not looking at this in just a box, you know, if, if that's, that's the box and that's what we're looking at. Sure. That, that's a great idea. Let's diversify our player pools and where our talents come from. Uh, the larger the pool, you know, the bigger the pond, the bigger the fish is going to be eventually. Um, but with bankruptcy being a thing and being on the heels of that, I just don't think it's feasible. They right now, USA Rugby does need to be as frugal as possible with what they're what they're putting their money into. And I think starting a we we don't know what the success rate of that will be, and they don't know what the perfect system will be. So I, I don't think that's really feasible. Probably next five, maybe even 10 years, probably till 2020, or 2031 when they're looking to host, maybe post that when the Americas are hopefully, you know, Americas are at least in the um, semifinals or quarterfinals performing well. And, you know, by 20, uh, uh, 2031, who knows, maybe Mexican rugby has made that jump to where we would like to see them. I, I mean, talk here, um, I think it's not uh, Robin. It's Dallas Sanford has the podcast, but Robin, his co-host, is coach Mexico, and their women's team is very competitive. So the women's team is, is getting there. Um, their men's team needs to catch up, but I mean, it's it's not non-existent. I think that's probably the misconception of it. Yeah, um, I just don't think it's quite there on a national level uh, with the organization and the backing where guys can make this a profession yet. That sounds like the US a few years ago. Absolutely. You know, you could definitely see the similarities between the U.S. a few years ago and where the Mexican national team is now. And you're right. Their women are competitive. Um, and, Rob, and like Rob said, you know, their under-19s was a very competitive team in that competition. Um, so you could see the steps there. And, you know, we want to see them make the jump. And I think on my end, I'm just impatient, you know, and I don't like to wait for things. And I don't like, you know, for me, I'm like, I want to make the jump right now. I want, you know, the North America. It's we, we hate seeing England, you know, I remember 10 years ago, it was just England, Ireland, France, 
New Zealand, uh, Australia is the five, six, you know, teams just dominating everyone. And that, it's great to, it's nice to watch great rugby, but some surprises is nice too. And with, you know, the well, more teams we have, the more surprises we get. Well, look what, you know, Australia hasn't been exactly lighting the world on fire, but then they beat, they beat New Zealand and they pretty, you know, in Argentina beat New Zealand. And what did it do? It, it fired up interest in the game. And I think, you know, that parody does that. Exactly. Parody, parody is everybody's best friend in the long term because when there's not, people get bored. Right. Yep. And uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna throw it over to Walker. He's been waiting patiently. Walker, what do you have to think about this? Uh, look, I, I think competitively, uh, Mexico is better suited for uh, Slar and and not necessarily uh, the Uruguayan or, or Argentinian teams, but I think they're going to be more competitive week in and week out with the Brazilian, Colombian, especially um, Paraguayan teams. Um, you know, I, I think most of us anticipate Uruguay and, and uh, Argentina to dominate those competitions, um, at least at the, the start. I don't know how much they're doing um, to, to balance the player pools by, by team. It seems like they've, they've leaned pretty heavily on um, teams developing within their country and, and, mm-hmm. That's that. Um, there's there's not a whole lot of whole lot of crossover there. So um, I think competitively they're better off to to go to Slar and 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 one it builds a lot of chemistry within their group. So if, you know, and one of the big knocks for for USA rugby right now or, or even Canada is that all of our top tier players are over in Europe playing or they're 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 not playing collectively year in and year uh, week in and week out. And that's why New Zealand and Australia are so successful. Obviously, they've got a ton of talent, but these guys are so familiar with each other. You know, you have four or five, six guys on on the Crusaders. You've got four or five, six guys on the Blues, and they're playing together week in and week out. Obviously, playing top-tier talent helps, but um, from Mexico's national team standpoint, to have their top 10 to 15 players playing week in and week out together, um, and especially to make that jump, to have that cohesion and chemistry, um, I think it's better off. It's a good thing for them to have a team. Um, I think competitively they're better off going to the, the uh, South American leagues. It seems uh, MLR is very adamant about importing talent, um, which I I do enjoy the youth movement that they've, they've uh, gravitated to at least this year. I think that's a bit of a tangent, but um, ultimately I think competitively Mexico, um, gets the most out of playing some of the Paraguayan and Colombian sides. And it, it's, you talk about that team cohesion and that synergy. And I think that was one of the things that was lost on team USA going into the 2019 ARCs and then following it into the rugby world cup. And, you know, I don't, I think it's one of those things that it's not necessarily the player's fault if there's a lack of cohesion, but I think they were kind of set up to fail on that level by USA Rugby and the way they kind of scheduled everything. And then, like Rob said in the previous segment, the, the scheduling of the actual matches didn't help. So my question for you, Walker, is do you think if MLR teams start looking into Mexico to, to grab players, um, as a Mexican player, would you want to come to the MLR? Or do you think that in the back of their head, maybe they're thinking that would weaken the, the national team position and you know they, they'd rather go to slaughter? What do you think? I, I, it, it's, it's hard to, to, to tap into the athlete's mind. Everybody is so different. I mean, if, if you're, if you're um, an athlete and, and look, Mexicans traditionally are very prideful of their culture and their, their heritage. So uh, if you tap into somebody there, they say, look, I'm going to be around other Hispanics. I want to speak my native tongue and, and, and whether it's Spanish or Portuguese or, or whatever it might be, I think there's, there's a level of comfort there. And, and, um, of course, you want to amplify anxiety and test guys, but there's also a very healthy balance of guys being comfortable in their environments, and, and they can assimilate into those markets far better than they would probably the North American market. Um, that being said, I think North America, unless you're, you're comparing it maybe strictly to the Argentinian side, the, the environment for development, the, the facilities, the strength and conditioning programs, you're going to get a lot more for an individual athlete um, if they're able to adapt to the environment in North America. So I, 
I, I don't think there's a, a straightforward answer. I think both uh, leagues need to tap into that market if, if there isn't even a team represented uh, wholly. Um, but, but, but I think it really just boils down to the athletes because um, are you comfortable going to North America and you want that, that strength and conditioning program, those facilities, um, or do you want to go to an area where culturally you're a little bit more assimilated already? And, and that brings your level of comfort. So um, I think ultimately players uh, testing themselves in both leagues is advantageous, but I don't think there's a clear cut answer to that. You know, I, I just want to, I just want to add something and it's, I, I believe it's something Cam brought up and it, it speaks into what Walker was, was referring to in that, you know, as I mentioned that uh, in 29, when my son was uh, uh, in 2019, yeah. 2019 when they went down and played in Bermuda, the, the U19 boys from Mexico actually were in residence for a month training together. So yeah. there are those, there are those national team development pathways and it'd be very easy for them if they could work out the visa issues to reach down there and say, Hey, we'd like to bring some guys up. We'd like to recruit some guys have them play in this environment. You know um, they come into a situation where, you know, 15 K 20 K isn't a bad, a bad lump sum. Uh, to be making when you're 19, 20, 21 years old, uh, play for a couple of years and you, you know, you, you really enrich your playing development, playing in the MLR, and then go back down and start to feed them into a Mexican uh, program, Mexican team, and, and, and improve the, the development of Mexico. And, you know, right now in the MLR, we see guys like Ben Foden coming over to Rooney, Chris Robshaw, Bananu, Matthew Bastro, and, they have the effect on going to these teams with guys who haven't played quote unquote professional rugby. You know, some of these guys coming in from the collegiate programs and saying, Hey, this is how we did it prior in, in our other clubs. This is how we did it at Quinn's. This is how we did it at saints. This is how we do it in New Zealand. And I think if you, if, if the MLR were to get some of these Mexican players up in, into their, their teams, when they do come back, like Rob was saying, they can bang the drum and say, we have to yeah. do better. We have to have better facilities. We have to have better training. We have to train better. Maybe it's a tactic thing. Maybe you know, I don't know the details, but it's those little details that you learn as a professional through other people, and you just need that experience. And I think we can give them that in the MLR. And how about tapping into the Hispanic, you know, I mean, like athlete market, right? Bringing those guys in, using, you know, having them, really uh, spread the message in the United States to, you know, an athletic group of people, um, you know, in the United States that don't traditionally play rugby. We talked to Christian Rodriguez a couple of weeks ago, and he really spends a lot of time in Hispanic communities trying to develop rugby players. And and they're successful. They're, they're great players. And they can be really quality players. Tap into that. Yeah, I think it's so that the U S isn't really considering, at least that we didn't consider this conversation that I it crossed my mind earlier. If we're talking about um, diversifying the talent pools, yeah, why aren't we looking at the Caribbean? I, I was just doing. I just, you know, I kind of thought about that, and I pulled up world, you know, the world rankings. When it comes to Central America, there are two teams ranked in the top 100. There were, I think, seven Caribbean teams that were ranked. They weren't ranked very all that high but they're ranked and they're playing rugby. And if, I don't know if you're talking about a developmental league, if it's, you know, you make an all Caribbean team and bring that into the MLR. But if we're talking about a diversification of talent pool, I think the infrastructure is probably much stronger in the Caribbean right now. And I, I think it's probably getting overlooked. Definitely. And what you could do is you can create that Caribbean team and have them play the MLR Academy sides or, you know, have them play the division one clubs. You know, they can come into New York and play around Robin with Nyack, Old Blue and White Plains, you know, because that's really what the Rooney Academies are as those three teams. Then they can go down south and, and they can play, you know, a, a rugby ATL. And they can really hit the East Coast and play some of those teams and, 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 and get some names up there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exhibitions with NOLA, Atlanta, uh, if there's ever a Miami team that comes through, uh, the, they're not far from all the Texas teams. So there's very, you know, easy ways to get matches for them uh, or that region with pretty small overhead. Yep. And, you know, going back to the World 10 Series, when Asian Pacific Dragons and Phoenix had trouble with their players in the quarantines and things like that, they brought yeah. in local Bermudan players to play. So the guys were up 
to playing at that level of competition and jumping right in with having no practice and, and not really, you know, they don't know the calls. They don't know anything. They jumped right in and played and did pretty well considering. Um, so real, real quick, I'm going to go around Robin. And um, what I'm going to say is this is the question. Mexican club teams, should they go? You're, you're going to give me an answer. It's either going to be SLAR or MLR. We're talking about the year 2023. Okay, we're talking about the future. In 2023, should these clubs be in the MLR as, as a professional team or should they be in SLAR as a professional team? Rob, what's your answer? I'd like to see a, 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 a Mexico super team play in the MLR. Cam? Um, I think the super team's probably too early for two, 2023. I think setting up a pathway for, um, you know, clubs like uh, that are close to the south, um, San Diego, Austin, these southern teams, uh, um, set up some pathways for those, like you said, those elite U19, U20s to get in there. Um play some rugby and like you said, get back there and plant that seed for the next five to 10 years where there can be a, a Mexico MLR. Um, and I, I think those guys will want to gravitate to the big markets. Uh, I think they probably hear about that a lot growing up in Mexico. Look at the bright light. I mean, Mexico's got some beautiful cities, but they hear about the LA, the New York and just how marketable they are. Walker. I'm going to go uh, opposite of both. I, I, I'm going to say both. Um, and and um, I, I think uh, it's, it's up to the individual clubs. I think there's, there's cities like Tijuana or, or Mexico City that would be great to, to join um, and, and participate against, you know, Austin, Dallas, Houston, San Diego, L.A. And, and in a very feasible manner as well. Um, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of legitimacy that those teams can go play in, in South America. Um, so I'm going to say both. And, and I think quite frankly, that's going to make it even more uh, appetizing for the MLR and SLAR teams to compete for them. And, and those clubs and those teams are then going to invest money and resources into their, their groups. And so um, I, I think, I think you should have a team in both competitions. Now, is that what the Mexican national team and their organization wants to do? I don't know, but I say both and, and um, let them fight for you. I, I, you know what? I think that's probably the most realistic thing is you're, you're, you're going to see maybe a team come in for, uh, for the MLR, you know, maybe along the border and then maybe you'll see a team go into SLAR or a couple teams go into SLAR just based on competition wise and, and money. Um, so I, I, I do think that's actually a great answer out of, out of all three. Um, now has, has come the time fellas. Um, this is a hard one to pick, you know, and, and, you know, usually Ty picks me to win cause I make the best points. Um, so I, I think it's, it's made a little more difficult because I'm not in the conversation as much. Um, because I would have just yeah, won. Sure that's what it is. But it's definitely. I mean, I'm leading Rob right now. I, I lead the series. I think I, I got five or six up on Rob. Um, and Rob's out, by the way, because because Cameron Walker really did come in guns blazing. Oh God! Um, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're oh, you gotta be a. You know, I brought in the the Rugby America's North competition and threw that in there. Through you know, I'm I'm throwing it all down. You know. I'm surprised you didn't say Chicago or my son plays at Lindenwood. <laughs> the time he went, my son played against in U19s uh, against the Mexican U19s national team. That's how he he always tries to squeeze in Preston. We love Preston. Shout out to Preston. <laughs> really, it, it came down to Cam and Walker, and I think I'm going to give it to Walker. I think Walker made some great points, and the the I last thing you said really confused. I, I'm I, I'm on the bottom right. Cam's on the bottom right. Honestly, Walker Walker hit home with his split answer when I when I gave him the either or, and he went down the middle and decided to change the rules. Um, and he, but uh, I, both those guys ran their mouth, by the way. You asked for a quick answer, and they went on a diatribe. I think they could have written a freaking uh, a doctoral dissertation with their answers. I mean, that's what we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> I warn you that he can get long-winded, and I'm no, pretty sure I can too. All 
All right. Well, you know what? I'll send the trophy to Walker. Cam, you go over and fist fight for it, man. We'll <laughs> no, that's a rugby rant episode we need. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We both wrestle. You know what, maybe we'll, we'll be winded in a minute, but it'll be entertaining. <laughs> that's cool. We'll do. You know what, maybe, maybe we'll do this next time we have Cam and Walker on, Rob. How about this? We pick three or four topics, and we do one-minute rants, and it's just Walker versus Cam and, and duke it out. <laughs> I'm a boy. Honestly, by the third or fourth rant, I'll be in my car driving down to his apartment. So that might <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need some some in between to make it feel like it's not a sibling rivalry. Yeah, <laughs> that's great, guys. Uh, before we go and, and we end the show, um, we'll we'll let we'll let Cam talk first for a little bit. Cam, is Ooh. there anything you want to say to the fans? Any shout outs or anything? I feel like this is a uh, kind of a oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Consolation prize, yes, it is. Yeah. I feel like this is like, sorry you lost. Um, <laughs> uh, check us out on Rugby Index. Um, that's about all I got. Okay. Went out of the sales. No, I, I, I would I'm 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 give a shout out to our guy, uh, TJ Olson. If it wasn't for him, we actually wouldn't have been introduced to you guys. So, yeah. yeah shout out to TJ. TJ's a man. And, um, and Ty as well. He's got a newborn. Congratulations, Ty. Um, hope you guys are getting as much sleep as you possibly can. A, a solid four hours is, is probably on par uh, from what I hear from a newborn. I'm, I'm single myself and, and no kids, so uh, can't relate. But um, we're thinking of you, and, and so I would miss you this time. But but no, guys, I appreciate you guys hosting us. Um, always a good time, and, and I'll turn it back over to the big fella. All right, guys. Uh, that this is a great episode. Um, the you guys, I, it's hard to it's hard to articulate sometimes when you get into a groove and and you see it as as you're recording this, and how all of these topics you guys talked about related to one another in a way, and it created a conversation that that was provocative and it went in different directions without losing the central focus, and I definitely appreciate that. And that's what we try and do here uh, at the Rugby Rant. So for myself. The big guy, Scott Ferrara, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, our buddy Ty Braga, who couldn't be here with us. Fans, I'd like to say thank you for watching the show, and we'll catch you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.